could have done. Oh, we lost the TV. That's not good. Okay, good. I thought we lost the TV. Oh. I'm like, we got games to pay attention to. All right, Jason, I'd, I'd go home. Jason Sobel, <laughs> Sirius XM, uh, PGA Tour Radio. Uh, all right, so it, it's a little bit obviously of a different setup with the, this tournament this weekend. Uh, just kind of give us the lay of the land of the format of it and maybe how that might affect some things when it comes to betting. Yeah, good evening, guys. Thanks for having me, as always. And so uh, this is not your usual PGA Tour event. These are two-man teams, and if you're wondering how these two-man teams get together, well, I had Nick Taylor on my radio show today. He's playing with Adam Hadwin, a pair of Canadians. He said, it's essentially kind of like the high school prom where you want to ask somebody and you're waiting to hear a yes, but they might be waiting for somebody else to be their date for the prom. And so there's a lot of give and take here, and there's – a little delicate balance before you come to that conclusion. But yes, they're playing in two-man teams. The first and third rounds will be four ball, which is essentially best ball. Both players play each hole. The better score on each hole counts for the team. So if I make a birdie and somebody else makes a par, we're going to count the birdie and go to the next hole. The second and fourth rounds, though, are alternate shot, where one player tees off, the other player hits the next shot, and they move on until the hole is finished. That will have higher scores on average uh, as opposed to the best ball format. So, again, much different than we see on a normal basis, but I'm looking at guys who enjoy being playing with each other, enjoy being teammates, enjoy each other's company, strokes gained friendship, and strokes gained camaraderie should go a long way this week. Do you yeah, think it's easier oh, to – oh, go ahead, Ryan. No, no, you got it. I'm a gentleman. The, Ladies de- first. the delay with her in San Francisco is just going to be a thing. We're just going to have to deal with it. It is. First. It is. Do you think it's easier to make money in this format than it is in just traditional stroke play? No, probably not. Uh, you're talking about for us and not for them, I assume. But no, if we're betting on this thing, uh, essentially this started in 2017. They've had the Zura Classic for decades, but it became a two-player event back in 2017. The first year they had it, a 100-to-1 long shot won the tournament. That was, uh, I believe, Cam Smith and Jonas Blix back then in 17. In 2018, it was 40-to-1. In 19, it was, I believe, 15-to-1. No tournament in 2020 due to COVID. 2021, it was 12-to-1. And last year, 9-to-1. The point I'm getting at is that we've had shorter and shorter prices every single year of this being a team event. And so it feels like the better players have kind of not only figured it out, but figured out that, hey, we can go win this thing. And there's a lot of good things that can come from it. And I always look at it as far as if a superstar starts here and a average PGA Tour player is here, well, if you take two superstars, you take two average players, the differential is going to be multiplied between the talent levels. And that's why we're seeing some of the better teams winning over the last few years. And quite frankly, we've got a very, very short team in the defending champions, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, at plus 300 in most books this week. Yeah, that's actually that's what, what I was going to ask you. Yeah, same thing, oh, go same ahead, price, plus 300. Uh, you, you know, where, where would you look? Because you have Colin and Max playing together at plus 750. And then you have uh, Sanjay playing with Mitchell. They're 11 to 1. What do you think the best bet on the board would be? Because I know it's kind of chalky, not the best price, but I like Cantley and uh, Xander. I'm with you. I'm going to be like a confused kindergartner at the front of the classroom. I'm eating a whole bunch of chalk this week. I don't like it. I hate the number. But look, these are two guys who are, first of all, good friends. 
Secondly, they have a ton of experience in this format. Not only winning this event last year, they played Ryder Cup together and President's Cup together. Uh, put in the fact that they've each contended for titles in each of the last two weeks at both the Masters and the RBC Heritage. There's way too much going in their favor. And again, I, I don't like betting anything at plus 300 where you've got more than uh, two outcomes. But we've got a whole list of good players in this field, not great players. We don't have the John Roms, the Scotty Schefflers, the Jordan Speets like we've had in previous years. To me, uh, the, the most logical outcome is the two biggest stars in this field combining to win once again. And so uh, I, I hate the number at plus 300. I almost would never bet it, but that's the only logical play I see on the board, quite frankly. So it seems like yeah. there's going to be some rain, possibly, for this tournament, which is like every week now it feels like there's rain for a yeah. golf tournament with the PGA Tour. How much will that affect this course? It plays fairly long already. It's just north of 7,400 yards, and uh, the rain won't affect it too much. It'll soften it up, quite frankly. Um, if there's rain without wind, and I haven't really seen much in the forecast as far as wind in New Orleans this week, it's just going to make it easier for these guys. Uh if you and I go play in the rain, our hands are slipping off the golf clubs, and we you know, can't hold an umbrella while we're playing. We usually don't have a caddy with us, and it makes it a whole lot harder for these guys. It just means they can fire at flag sticks even more so, and I think we're going to see a really low number. Not sure. We see a replication of the 59 that uh, Cantley and Shoffley shot in the first round last year, but it's probably going to be something pretty close tomorrow that gets that first-round lead. Yeah, do you like the – because the, the odds are certainly better for first-round leader for Cantley and Shoffley, plus 1,200. Do you think that's worth the sprinkle? Yeah, look, if you want to have an investment on them and you can't bring yourself to go to that plus 300 number, uh, again, like I said, they did it last year. They can certainly do it again. A four-ball format is perfect for these guys. They both make a ton of birdies in, in their own games. And so uh, knowing that – they're playing together, can go out there and just make a bunch of birdies together. Yeah, that's probably a more worthwhile number, quite frankly. Is there anything else that you like this weekend, uh, you know, on the derivative market, player to make cut, or any matchups, um, which, you know, probably not so much this weekend, or top 10s or top 20s that you're looking to play maybe this weekend? Uh, yeah, there are a bunch of matchups that I do like, so I think okay, you can nice. kind of go through and, and find which ones you like. I'll give you a few other teams here that I do like, varying levels of uh, long shot or not. Kurt Kitayama and Taylor Montgomery, a couple of Vegas guys. If two guys from Vegas come out and say, hey, you guys want to play golf for money? Usually, you got to say no because they probably want to put one over on you and take your cash. Kitayama and Montgomery have played plenty of money matches together. I do like those guys. Harris English and Tom Hoagie. There's one other event on the PGA Tour schedule. It's an unofficial event called the QBE Shootout. They play every December. Harris English has won it three times. Tom Hoagie is one of the defending champions. They haven't played together in this format before, but they each know how to win a team event like this one. So I like them. Aaron Rye and David Lipsky are very similar types of players. I think most people, when they're betting this, tend to forget that there's as much alternate shot as there is best ball. And so you need a good alternate shot pairing as well. Those guys should mesh well in alternate shot. And then I'll throw out one long shot maybe the only other outright that I'll have on the card this week, and that's Eric Cole. We saw him get into a playoff at the Honda Classic last month. He's playing with his good buddy, Sam Saunders. They both grew up here in the Orlando area, right down the road from where I am right now. Saunders, the grandson of Arnold Palmer, 
He's got three top tens on the Corn Ferry Tour in his last five starts. Starting to play some good golf now that he's healthy. Is Tristan not going to go? Oh, I, oh, I didn't even know. I, she no, I, I, I just went. Oh, yeah. We're still right, figuring sorry. it out, Jason. It, it, yeah, this is this is the one hard part where we're in three different places. The normal communication, you tend to have that happen every once in a while. All right, Um. so I, I guess at this point when you look at – is there like an overall – betting strategy for this? I know you kind of laid that out at the beginning here, but like, is there a certain way that people, maybe they're new to this format, should consider when maybe jumping into this for the first time? Yeah, look, you might want to wait until after the first round. We talk about live betting uh, often uh, when we're talking about, you know, not necessarily putting in all your bets and putting 100% of your bankroll towards uh, a golf tournament before Thursday's first round starts. It might be even, uh, because of the different formats, might be even smarter this week to wait until you've seen the first round. Okay, there's a team that I really like in the alternate shot format. Well, once we're through that first round, two of the next three rounds are going to be alternate shots. So if you look at a team and you say, all right, they're in eighth place, 10th place, they're 20 to one, but you kind of think they're right there and they should play well in that alternate shot format, whether they have experience, whether they're like-minded players, I always like like-minded players, similar types of players in that alternate shot, shot format, sort of like I mentioned Aaron Ryan, David Lipsky, hit a lot of fairways, hit a lot of greens. Those are the kind of guys that I'll look at for the second and fourth rounds. And so I, I think it might be even more, uh, more intelligent this week to wait until after the first round and make some live bets than even the individual stroke play events we have every week on the PGA Tour. Who would you fade, like absolutely stay away from in this tournament? There's not a whole lot of teams that I look at and say they have no chance, at least near the top of the board. But last week's winner, Matt Fitzpatrick, is playing with his brother. Now, ordinarily, I don't know if you guys get along with your siblings. I'm not sure myself <laughs> and my brother could go out there and uh, and have fun without yelling at each other the whole time. That said, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, obviously one of the world's best players. His brother isn't even on the PGA Tour. So this is a essentially member-member if we're going to use a, a golf term that people play at their clubs. Uh, but for the Fitzpatrick brothers, it's more of a member guest this week. And Alex Fitzpatrick uh, played his college golf at Wake Forest, recently turned professional. He's had some good finishes so far on some tours around the world, but certainly not at the PGA Tour level. Maybe a little bit of a hangover from Matt Fitzpatrick after winning at Harbortown last week. They're a team that I won't have any investment in this week at all. Uh, Jason, do you think we've uh, seen the last of Tiger Woods? Had another surgery on his leg, uh, ankle surgery again. They have no timetable for his return. Do you think we see him again? So I was asked about this after the Masters, even before this surgery, and I said that for the first time, I believe the probability that Tiger doesn't play again is greater than the probability that he wins again. And so, you know, take that for what it's worth. That doesn't mean he's never playing again. Doesn't mean he's never winning again. But I see it as it, the greater likelihood is that we don't see him. And that's really, at least for me, the first time that I've ever thought this was right after the Masters. And obviously having this surgery sort of solidifies that. From everything I've heard so far early on, it doesn't sound like we're going to see Tiger Woods at any of the three remaining major championships this summer. We get to next year. He's a year older. He's a year more removed from playing competitive golf. It seems like... Uh, if this isn't the end, it's very near to the end for Tiger. That's okay. Look, he owes us nothing. It'll be great if he can come back and play, whether it's uh, some of the 
uh, season-ending events uh, in December this year. Maybe it's the Masters next year, wherever it might be. Be great to see him out there again. Look, he made the cut at the Masters this year. He can certainly make the cut somewhere else again. But as far as winning, as far as being the Tiger Woods that we've seen for a long time, uh, it's smart to listen to Tiger himself. He's been telling us for a while now that it ain't going to last forever. And I don't think everyone believes him, and I don't think everyone's taking him at face value, but uh, this thing is not going to last forever for Tiger. And again, uh, like I said off the top, I, I think there's a greater chance right now that we don't see him play golf competitively ever again than he wins another golf tournament. It'll be crazy to think of Tiger Woods actually not playing golf anymore. But, you know, at some point, everybody's got to call it a career. And with the amount of surgeries he's had to have for, you know, being a golfer, it's kind of remarkable that he's still doing what he's doing. Yeah. Jason Sobel, always good talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I can't imagine the day, like, when we just literally, like, okay, no more Tiger Woods. He's just no longer – like, we have had, we've had samples of it with all the time that he's missed, but you always expect him at some point to come back, and he's still a part – of the conversation for yeah. him to actually retire is going to be you know that, that'll be a, that'll be a weird day it'll be like LeBron James retiring in some ways because they've been around their sport for so long